Welcome to Unbroken Jars. I'm Doug. And I'm Randy. And this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories and real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, Episode 3, Faith Feeds Others. The light of Jesus shines in the darkness. We carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and his power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man, Jesus. Jesus continues to use real life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, walking alongside of real people who share their stories, their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape our journey in unbroken jars of clay. And as we look at the lives of men and women who are intentionally allowing their everyday lives, occupations, and hobbies to intersect with their faith, we thought it would be, a good, it would be good to bring in Fran Fluler for our conversation. Uh, welcome, Fran. Thank you. It's exciting to be with you. Hey, Miss Fran, we're really excited. Honestly, I, I know it, it's it's hard to get in the transition and the idea of this podcast, but we really are excited about what's going on Amen. with you and how God is using you. But we we so in order to get our listeners and us to get to know you a, a little better, tell us a little bit about um, tell us a little bit about who you are, about yourself, where you're from. <laughs> How'd you get here? And we, we've met James earlier. Thanks, thanks to James, we're actually recording this. So, <laughs> Well, I'm a native of Huntsville. There's not a whole lot of us here, but I was born and raised here. And uh, wow. I went to school here and graduated from UAH. I'm really all in on Huntsville. And uh, I work in the defense industry, and I'm the mom of three amazing children and five wonderful grandchildren who I'd love to tell you about. But uh, I'm so excited to uh, be a part of what you're doing today to just inspire others. So thank you. Thanks. So Frank. you're a part. Of, oh, sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Uh, I, you go ahead. I was just going to say both of Doug and I both know you from your connection to Manor House. Uh, that's kind of how we got to know you initially. Um, and maybe for the sake of those listening, tell us a little bit about Manor House, what it is. I'd love to. So uh, Manor House is the food distribution program for the Huntsville Dream Center. And that's a 501c3 public charity. A uh, lot of different aspects to that. But we do food. And so our goal is to provide people going through chemo and dialysis. And maybe they've had a layoff or like during COVID, they're not working their full hours. So they just need food for their family. So we provide fresh fruits, vegetables, grocery items, things like that. Um, hygiene items, baby items, clothing, uh, pretty much pet food, <laughs> whatever they need. We're going to meet that need because we want to keep them a viable part of the community. So it's our team's effort to just love on the community. And we try to do that in the name of Jesus. Not everybody volunteers at Manor House as a Christian. Many are pre-believers. But uh, one day they'll join us. And in the meantime, we're loving on them while they're loving on the community. So it really works well. 
So there's a couple of things here I want to I want to ask about. One, you said you're in defense contracting. Um, that's interesting, right? I mean, because you don't think of hey, you've got this 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 lady that's very dynamic, um, who is a no offense to defense contractors, right? But you don't picture them as as the personality that's going to go and lead this ministry. So tell us a little bit about defense contracting, how, how you got into that. And then tell us, how did the manor house kind of come to be? Help us, help us link some of that a little bit. Well, I have the personality of a brick at work, so I'm just really funny, uh, <laughs> only to myself and so not to anybody else. Um, but when I get to manor house, you know, I love my job, but I get to manor house and God's passion in me rises up and the compassion and that changes me. And it's my joy. It's what puts joy in my heart. Um, I wasn't looking to do food ministry at all. In fact, uh, that was not my focus. I just had a friend call named Judy. She was a single mom. She'd been laid off. She had a son, Ramon. And um, she said, I paid all my bills, but I don't have enough money to buy food. I thought I could get food stamps. She didn't know how the system worked. Found out that she wouldn't qualify for another 30 days, but they had to eat for 30 days. So they were sent to a place in Tanner. And she didn't want to go out there by herself on a Saturday morning. So I went with her and we walked in and uh, this really crusty little old man said, I don't know who you are, but you got the call of God on, for food on your life. And I'm thinking, what does the call of God for food on my life mean? I'm a large woman. It's 5 a.m. in the morning. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to understand, but you're not getting with me. And so I started laughing and he goes, no, seriously. He said, I want you to come see me on Monday. He said, all these people driving from limestone, I mean, from Madison County to limestone County to get food. We're a poorer County than Madison. You're going to, you're going to do this in Madison County. And I said, well, how do you know that? He said, I just do. You're the one. And I was thinking, I'm not the one, but okay. So I came back and, um, for 12 and a half years, we fed people on our <laughs> porch and I would have ballet with the kids or something that they had to be involved in at church. And I'd leave these coolers on the porch and people would grab the food out of the cooler. Nobody in 12 and a half years took somebody else's cooler. I just put their name on the top on a little name tag and that'd be on the cooler. And then they asked me for clothes for kids. So I'd call my friends and say, Hey, is Matthew going out of his size six? I need him for this lady. And it's kind of weird what we were doing. And then we started putting, um, food in churches around the community because I might be in Southeast Huntsville and I couldn't drive all the way home to get food for somebody. And, um, my neighbors were real nice, but they just said, Hey, you think you could get a building? And I was like, I never even thought of that. And so I'm a member at the rock. I've been there 20 years and, uh, pastor Rusty and Lisa were looking for a food ministry and they had been doing some work through the food bank, but not, you know, a, a lot out in the community, except, uh, for holidays. They would go out Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm -hmm. and Christmas. And um, sure. they said, we want to come alongside. And I was like, that'd be awesome. And so um, so we uh, wrote a 501c3 document. We were for about, I don't know, seven or eight years, the only part of that 501c3 document. And um, we just started feeding the community. And uh, I just felt like I could fund it through people I'd gone through uh, elementary, middle, and high school with that were local from here. Uh, many right. of them were not believers yet, but they understood the need in the community. So that's really how it got started. And so we wanted to do fresh things because when I did it out of my house, I just did it. I didn't ask for money. And um, then we could do more if we all worked together. So that's what God was trying to do is trying to open the community. So I'm not really the one who he chose. Uh, he showed me in a vision that this little girl playing in the dirt had my hair in a ponytail and a blue and uh, green gingham dress. I remember it totally. And I was in my mom's flower bed making little roadways with cars. And, and he said, will you feed my people? And I said, sure. 
And I remember saying that, but I don't remember why it was a conversation. And he said, when you said yes, I was going to take that. And he said, I asked a, a redheaded little boy, and he showed me the little boy, and he said, we feed my people. He said, no, I want to be an engineer. For a long time, every time I saw a redheaded guy who said he was an engineer, I was like, is he the one? And Lord's like, no. <laughs> okay. So I felt like, so I prayed for the Lord to give him the blessing too, even though he said no. I'm so blessed. They get to see all the people on a regular basis and how they recover and they get on their feet. And I want him to receive that, even though he said no. Because he said yes, I wouldn't be doing this. So um, it's not something I signed up to do. I just said yes while playing in the dirt. And I tell kids, no matter how little their vision is, we don't know what God's going to do when you're an adult. I couldn't have done what I do now, Man. but I have great income so I can do things that I need to do um, that bless me, but bless others. So it's a community effort now. So we're a legal 501c3 public charity. have been for 16 years. Um, moved into the building we're in. We have seven hubs now and um, a hydroponic garden. And God just keeps expanding me like Gumby. <laughs> but I'm still that little girl in the box of the defense person. <laughs> that's really yeah. where I like to run to hide because uh, that's easy and very structured. And Manor House is definitely all over the charts. <laughs> I, I think that's amazing. And, and, and would you even know the word hydroponics had it not been for the Manor House and looking for new ways? Is that... I mean, that's that's a new uh, thing, but I think it's amazing that you guys right. are using that. I do have one one question along the sure. along this too, and and that question is when you said there was you skipped over it, but it was the story that you told us was amazing. But there was one little part in there. You went from this guy told me I'm going to do it to I'm putting stuff on people's on people's front porch in ice chest and putting their label on it. I'm interested to know. I still want to hear more about what happened. Like, how did that guy speaking for the voice of God get into your head so much as you decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. There's a little piece in there that I want to know more about. Well, his name is Grandpa Cuthbertson, and everybody in Athens loved him. Everybody in Limestone County loved him. I didn't know him at the time. Uh, he had me come back out on that next Monday. And uh, we, it's really funny because we walked in the building, and I, I told him I said, I have to bring my kids. And, he said to my little boy, jump up here. He takes me on a ride on forklift. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he's crazy. You know, it's just me and this guy. And, no, he's brilliant. Because then he said, hey, gave you a great little ride. Will you let me talk to your mama now? It's really cute. And um, so he said, I want you to come out here. I'm going to sell you food real cheap. And then you're going to take it back. And you're going to call DHR and tell them that you have food for family so you don't qualify for food stamps. I was like, okay. So I went back. I called DHR. And they said, so what's in your ministry? I said, oh, I'm not a ministry. I said, I'm just doing this out of my heart. because I kept putting down heart ministries. I'm like, okay, whatever. I said, but I'm not taking nobody's money. I'm just doing this myself. You know, because at that time, I didn't understand how the system was supposed to work. And the God's always about, we do everything in community, right. never solo. And so my neighbors would help me. And we would have dogs who'd steal the chicken. And we'd chase them down the road and bring it back. And yellow jackets. And I was like, this is crazy. And so we were, um, you know, what God was doing is he was growing me. Because he always has to prepare the soil where right. we're at. So we can be where we're supposed to be. And I was a very regimented person, thought everything had to be done a certain way. And what he was trying to show me is flexibility. So my nickname is Fran Flex Fleuler. And so I'm a flexible person now. <laughs> Not really, but I'm working on it every day and confessing it. And um, he was teaching me that it didn't have to look like what I thought it should look like. And um, so DHR would send people and they would be nurses who had a husband who was sick or who had been laid off. Or they would be um, one lady, her husband was an electrician and the 
owner passed away and nobody got a paycheck. And these were families that were working and trying to make it. And so they could come to our driveway and our house and grab it and go. And um, then they would want to give back. And so I'd say, well, come help me sort food. And so, cause I didn't want to take anybody's money. You know, I know that's weird. I'm sorry, but I'm just different that way. And, um, and so God had a plan and, you know, I broke the axle on a Mitsubishi and I did a lot of crazy stuff cause I didn't understand about physics and loading cars, but you know, I got to observe it and that Lincoln would come across the Decatur bridge like that. You know, it's pretty funny. And, um, so we did a lot of crazy stuff during that season, but what God was doing is teaching me about people and that everything you do is out of love. It's great to get the job done, but if you didn't do it out of love, it just doesn't really count. And he was trying to teach me to love the people, that them telling their story was as important as them getting the food. And I was just about, oh, well, we get it. And so a lot of times it was listening on the phone. And it taught my children philanthropy at a very young age. They learned how to pull the food and put it out there. And people would call sometimes that I hadn't gone to pick up. I'm pulling out my own pantry, my own freezer, and um, we, we slaughtered cows. And so we'd have our meat. They were getting great meat. Everybody in the whole community would love to have. But they were getting it to feed their kids because that's what we had on hand. And so from that small beginning, and the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings, I feel like we're still a small beginning. I feel like there's a lot more we could be doing. Um, our goal is to inspire others to do that. Just start simple. Feed your neighbors. Feed your community. Feed your apartment complex. Yeah. Um, feed your trailer park. You know, uh, we just want people to minister to each other in the name of Jesus and be, be my pastor always says, be Jesus skin, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus to the community. And that's, that's really what our focus is. Hey, Fran, I, I mean, I've been over to the manor house. That's a huge building. I don't know what the size of it is. And, and you, you, you mentioned a couple of times already about you're trying to engage, get other people involved, community involved, that it's not all about you. How does that work? I mean, I mean, because I know it's it's a massive building and, and you're doing so much good. How do you how do you have some full time employees there and then there's a volunteer staff? Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, we just believe it's all volunteer for a reason. Um, when you're a volunteer, you're super happy and you don't get disgruntled. And so you don't offend people. So it really works out well. Um, and so we just say, don't sign up, just show up. So if you have time, you got 30 minutes, drop in and work. You've got an hour, drop in and work. The guys who drive truck are mostly retired NASA guys or retired military. I have a couple retired uh, colonels and uh, other people, and they love it. And so it gives them a sense of fulfillment and purpose. Um, and the guys who go out on the mobile kitchen are people in the local community who have a heart to feed children who can't get to man a house. Um, the same with the hubs. And so everybody is there because they want to make a difference, whether that's 30 minutes a month or 30 minutes a week or three hours a week, whatever it is. And so they can just drop in when they need, leave when they need. All ages are welcome so their kids can come. Our oldest volunteer is 94. Our youngest is in a Tula. And um, I think when you teach your kids and they're young about giving, it also creates in them a sense of gratitude. You have less behavior problems. You have a better home base because of that. And so if I can cultivate that in a family, then that's what I want to do. So Manor House is really crazy and chaotic, but God will always send the right people at the right time in the right place to do the right thing. And I live mm-hmm. by that mantra. And so somebody will come in like right now we have a precious person who's uh, come on board and, and just started helping us. Who's really gifted in organization. Well, with COVID, we were going to need that because there were all these restrictions that were going to come in that had to be in place. She wasn't here three years ago. She was here in the very moment we needed her. And we have pastors who come by and priests who come by and they just pray with people in the line. 
you know, they don't even enter the building. They have no desire to do that. Um, and they don't want to, you know, have to do some of the other stuff that we do, but that's what they're calling us. Well, I need the prayer more than I need them to carry groceries. I got Huntsville High Honor Society and Grissom volleyball team, and they come and do that. And um, those young people need those community service hours to get their requirements met for school, but we need their energy at the end of the day. And um, so I think that's what Manhouse flows best and all the hubs operate that way. I've never gone to one of the hubs for distribution. I tell them up front, this is what we want. Prayer is most important. Loving on people is second. And the food, mm. that's what's going to happen. And so they load up the food from us. They take it out there. We pray with the people who are going to be that core leader in that area. We use core leaders. Um, and they make sure that happens. And their job is to love on people and make sure prayers going out. So um, each of the hubs has a different focus, a different area of the county where they're at. Um, and we do that because we want those people to not have to drive two man houses to stand in that really long line. As you know, Randy, the line is longer and longer and longer. So yeah, yeah. that's the purpose of it. I, and we, you've already talked, spoken on this a little bit already, Fran. I mean, it's 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 who you are, but um, your your walk with God. How did that? How do you think your your faith walk led you to the manor house? I mean, you talked a minute a little bit ago about the vision you had as a little girl but what what dr drove you toward feeding those who are hungry or those in need versus let somebody else do that or i i, I that's I, I maybe I, that's not my my calling i need to do this what can you speak about that a little bit How do you sure so uh, it really started from a very selfish motive when I was 12, uh, no, excuse me, I was nine. I was nine years old. I was in an organization at First Baptist called GAs. And to get a star on your little green octagon, you had to go for six weeks, teach a Bible story, a craft, feed a snack, and play a game. And so my mom took me to inner city Huntsville, dropped me out in the project, and I carried, carried my two gallons of Kool-Aid, my peanut butter balls, and I did that for my six weeks. I got my star. When I told the kids I wasn't coming back, this little tiny boy's five said, you're not coming back. And I thought I was a great Bible story teacher and a great game player. And that was why they wanted me to come back. So I ran to the car and said, Mom, can I keep coming? She said, sure. And so I kept coming. And I kept coming when I was 16. She said, you're going to get a job at G.C. Murphy Company in the office. And you're going to pay for those Rice Krispies and that sugar, that peanut butter, and that K-Rose syrup. And so I did that. And I kept doing it. And uh it kept growing, and I thought it was because I was a great Bible story teacher. I really did. And when I went off to college to Auburn, I said, hey, I need somebody to do this. And these girls did it for a little bit, and they didn't couldn't keep it up. So I came back home, and I went to UAH. And yeah. I said, this has got to keep going. And so I kept doing it. And I'd bring kids. I had a Dodge Dart. I'd pack it as full of kids as I could and go to Fort Baptist with them. And they had to sit perfectly still. It was really crazy. I, they did it. They did it. They just wanted to come. <laughs> and I didn't understand why, right? So um, I moved to work for Hewlett Packard in California. Some amazing ladies take it over. And um, then I found out I'm having twins. And I've already got a little girl who's not going to be two. So we moved back to Alabama. And I'm at the grocery store. And my twins are not quite six weeks old. We've gone for a visit to the pediatrician. And I'm just getting a few things. And, you know, I'm nervous. I'm a new mom feeding twins nursing them and a t not quite two-year-old and so i'm trying to hurry in the grocery store and this man leans over me at the checkout and goes hey are you miss fran and i went i am he said i thought you'd have gray hair i said 
um, I don't know. Who are you? And he says his name. I go, oh my gosh. I said, you know what? I was only nine when that started. I was 12 when I met you. I said, I'm not that much older than you. And he goes, oh my gosh. He goes, well, thanks for feeding me. I said, oh, sweetie, you got me confused with somebody. He said, no, no, you fed me. And I said, I really don't remember that. And he said, you brought your peanut butter balls and your Kool-Aid. And he said, my mama was an alcoholic. My granny would get me on Friday. So I had food to eat Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There was no free lunch at school. There was no other place to get food. He said, and you would show up with the peanut butter ball and I would eat one on Tuesday, save the other one for Thursday. And he said, why do you think you had so many kids? Because I had 56 kids every week. And I said, why don't you tell me you're hungry? So we were feeding us. And my heart broke. So I cried all the way to the car. Of course, you know, the hormones are everywhere when you got a baby anyway. And I told him, I said, I'm going to make a change. And I told God sitting in that car, if you'll show me how to go back to the community, I'll feed them. Well, that didn't happen right away. But I prayed every day, God, show me how to feed families. And it was not that I wanted to have a ministry. I just wanted to feed families because I didn't want any more kids. And you know what he said to me at that grocery? He said, well, that's why I work grocery store. My family's never hungry. Hey, and I go to church. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I was like, that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so emotional that these kids were hungry nice. and I didn't feed them right. And my mama had always been generous to the community. She always fed people and taken canned goods to people and took us with us with her when she did that. So I knew what to do, but I never thought they were hungry. So, um, when Judy yeah. and I had to do that, I think that was God. He had already sown those seeds in my heart. He'd already yeah. brought it to that point that I'd already said yes, Lord, before he asked. Right. So that was already there. And then I felt like Judy was driven by fear. And I was like, but faith is what's got to overcome your fear. And so what I realized is that the fear had to be overcome with someone who could walk it in faith. No matter what I was going through, I couldn't allow fear for them or in me to come out on them. So I had to have a faith walk and you only do that by getting in the word and prayer. And I tr strongly encourage everyone to have their, their own personal prayer time. It's great to go to church. I love my pastor. I listen to his message. He'll tell you four or five times out of the week when I'm getting my shower at night, I bring up last Sunday's message and I'll listen to it all over again. Cause sometimes he says something and I'm way over here thinking about it and I didn't get all of it. So I listen to a lot of messages, but I do know that what God was trying to do is get me to come back around develop me as a person and then when the right moment happened i could go so um yeah. i guess you ask really what what was the catalyst and the catalyst was all in my life god had placed me in strategic events but i didn't get it i didn't understand they were hungry maybe he protected me from that as a child because i couldn't have fixed it right but when you have an income you can fix things and you know people are always like we should take a vow of poverty well you know if i had a vow of poverty can't feed nobody and so you need to earn as much money as you can so you can go give it to everybody else, right? right. And that's what God called me to do. Didn't call everybody else oh. to do that, but it called me to do. And so for going forward with the food, I think that what he was showing me is feed the people what they need, not what you like. And that was hard for me because most food would go to my house. You couldn't pay me to eat it. But they love it. They love it. I wouldn't eat a bologna sandwich if you paid me to. They love it. I'd buy hand make sandwiches. The man said, you recognize you should buy some bologna? I said, oh, I don't eat bologna, but I'll buy it for you. So I started buying bologna. Oh, my gosh, they love it. You know, we make a ton yeah. of bologna sandwiches every night. Well, that's what their food is. That's what they like. That's their culture. Yeah. And with potatoes, I love sweet potato. I don't eat Irish potatoes. If I have to, I will. 
But you know what? Wheat goes through a lot of Irish potatoes. You know why? Because everybody in South loves Irish potatoes. And those little red potatoes <laughs> up at home, they're not real excited about them. You know, and I don't really like squash and zucchini, but we go through a lot of squash and zucchini. You know, <laughs> but it's faster, I'll eat it. And so what I learned is don't feed them what you think. Feed them what they like yeah. because we're trying to minister to their need. And that's what the peanut butter balls were. That's what I liked. So that's why I made them. And they ate them because they were hungry. Found right. out later, they didn't even like them. But I didn't know. And, but now they like my Kool-Aid because I put two cups of sugar to a gallon. <laughs> Amen to that. You so, yeah, that's from the South there. Yeah, and then I thought they liked my games. And, you know, I still play a lot of games. I play games every Friday with my grandkids. And uh, I love to play games. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, what God was doing is making it fun because those kids lived in really bad shape. You know, one one day my mama had left me there. You know, she I got near everybody, so they all knew. And there was a fight broke out, and this lady came out in a black negligee. Never seen anything like that. And she brought me in her house to tell my got mama got there. And she walked out and chewed my mom out for leaving me. So this is a dangerous part of town. And my mom was like, well, we didn't know. See, so God used people to protect me even in being young. And that's why I'm not afraid in the things I do. So he always fought the fear factors for me by a faith promise. Mm. And I, I live yeah. by that, literally. So we were like, we should do this program. I'm like, great, let's do it. I'm a risk taker. Let's do it. And yeah. so everything at Manor House is somebody else thought of it. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. You know, the backpack program, Randy, y'all were amazing to help us with feeding the schools when COVID hit. And that was not my idea. That's because 13 years ago, the Ward children starved to death in their home on Patton Road. Mm. And I was devastated. And Steve Mann, a financial planner, said, I got a solution. And I believe you're either a doer, a donor, or a messenger. Sometimes you're all three, but most of the time you're not. He was a messenger. And he brought me the article about the Houston Backpack Program. And I said, let's try it. Well, we went to Huntsville City Schools. They weren't really excited. And Don Ashley at Ridgecrest, where those kids had attended, was not so sure about a faith-based organization coming in feeding school kids. And he said, good salesman, hey, she's crazy, but the food will be fine. But she laughed. That was a yes, right? Mm -hmm. So we did 25 bags, but nobody was prepared yeah. for the next week when we came in with our 25 bags and kids had patted each other saying, I'm glad you got a bag because we didn't get one. So we're going to mm -hmm. die. And they had to bring in social workers, counselors. They thought the kids didn't know. Of course they knew. Their mamas were all watching on TV. These were their neighbors. They knew. And it changed our city. So the next week was 178, next week 383. And 13 years later, we're still doing backpack programs. But amazing churches came on board and said, I can adopt this school. I can adopt this school. And we meet a need in the community that's tremendous. Just since January, we've provided over 81,000 weekend backpack bags to kids in our local wow. community. And we live in a prosperous city. But I was driving yeah. by there every day coming off of work, not even having a clue that somebody down that street was starving to death. And I said, yeah. not on my watch. And, um, and so I think everybody in the city just rallied around Huntsville so generous. And that's why that program started. But I didn't think of it. I didn't drive down the road and go, what could I do? We had a messenger. So I encourage no, people. But you did listen. You, you did listen. And that's huge. It is. but Because, because, because I mean, really, what you're I saying listen. right now, I think a big part of this is that you were willing not only to listen to God, but you're willing to listen to the, the, the people who were coming speaking for God, too. Absolutely. Um, and that's something we don't do a lot. We're not great listeners. Especially, I'm not a good listener. <laughs> well, but you I are. I work on it daily. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I want to hear what I want to hear what the people are saying because they probably got a like Ford has a better idea. These people have a better idea, yeah. and they do come in. 
And in each program at Manor House, somebody said, hey, there's a need here. Let's fill it. And mm-hmm. I know you guys have seen that in your own churches and your own areas of life where somebody has a great idea and you're like, good idea. Let's do it. And that's what Manor House, I think, is known for. It's a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. What? So so if we're, we're talking to people, what, you know, there's there are the people who listen to this and, and they'll be like, I want to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what my thing is. What, what advice would you give to them? What, how do I, how do I get involved in the community? I want to make a difference in the community. What advice would you give to someone thinking just that? How can I make a difference? You know, for me, I tell people that all the time they come and say, I want to do something, but I don't know what yet. Have one lady for five years has been seeking God, what do you want me to do? And I tell her, just do something until you know. I think uh, my son had a dream one time and he's seeking God saying, what do I do? And the Lord showed him this dream. He said, I'm going to put down this stepping stone. You step on this one. And when you're ready, I'm going to lay down the next stone. And then you'll step Mm -hmm. on this one. And I said, I'm going to use that as an analogy for everybody I talk to. So I tell people, start with something. It might be you come and cut desserts or bag desserts or bag pet food or bag diapers. Or you might just give people a bag of apples coming through Man House. But somewhere you'll get a revelation of what you're supposed to do. It might be that you're supposed to be doing it in your own neighborhood. In fact, we have a man that that's exactly what happened to him. He started taking apples just to give out fruit in his neighborhood and it's changed his neighborhood. Neighbors who didn't even know each other are talking to each other now over a bag of apples, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, find your faith walk, get with the Lord, talk to him, be in the word. He's going to reveal to you. It might be that you just buy somebody's groceries at Walmart. It might be that you just fill somebody's tank at the gas station. It might be that you just uh, help a neighbor with their child so she can go get a shower and brush her teeth, you know. Um, It might be a really small thing, but it might be a big thing. God may be launching a a new ministry through them to provide Bibles in somebody's language that lives here and and that we don't have access to that. Um, It might be that they're supposed to be a worship leader at their church and they just haven't surrendered to that. So I believe you start with what you're talented in. And you run with it. And obviously, I was talented in food. (laughs) I didn't know it. I do love food. Um, But I was also talented (laughs) in playing with kids. And that was my thing. And God used my heart. And I love to do crafts. He didn't ask me to do anything I didn't love. That was already there. But what he did is he took it to a bigger level. And I'm a gardener. I'm a flower show judge. I'm a member of Blossomwood Garden Club. And so I love plants. My garden club before COVID was coming and working at the garden. They will come back after that. Um, but that's what started the garden was we were making 3,000 salads a week. And you can buy a great big cucumber and cut a blemish out and tomato. But you can't buy a great big lettuce and feed it to anybody. Even a rabbit doesn't want to eat it. So I was just spending a fortune on lettuce. I was like, we can do this for pennies on the dollar. And so yeah. we uh, looked at it. And our facility's indoor. It runs 24-7 year-round. Uh, it's always 72 degrees. So if somebody wants to come work at the garden, it's nice weather all the time. And, uh, you know, we're growing lettuce and we're growing green beans and they're beautiful and they're healthy. Cool. And the people on chemo and dialysis don't have to worry about listeria or E. coli or salmonella. They can have a salad, which right now in today's world, that's a challenge for them. And we have sure. so many people that are coming to us that are going through treatment. And then our hot meals that we give out, we serve about 700 hot meals. And why do we do that? Well, when you've been in dialysis all day or chemo or rehab, you've had a bad car wreck, you just don't feel like cooking a meal. So you can just come in and grab it. Well, right next to that person who's going through rehab, next to the lady going through chemo is a homeless family. 
They're living out of their car. They need a hot meal. Those children don't need a cold dinner or a sandwich thrown at them. And so we're just thrilled to be able to have a fresh salad and good entrees and, and healthy foods to give everybody. And that's what really started the hydroponic garden is just the desire to have food at a more economical price that we could control. Mm -hmm. And of course, God's still in charge of the garden, but I say we can control. We, we tithe on everything we grow and then we take that, divide it in half and we sell half and give the other half to ministries. And, wow. um, but you know, it's feeding the community in a tremendous way with good, healthy greens. And during COVID, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Fran, uh, maybe for those of uh, listening to this, who might want to get involved with Manor House or contact you for questions uh what's the best way to do that is there a website or t to take them to or what what would you say in response to that there is a website it was developed by a precious young lady a long time ago before she went to be a missionary in china so navigate it carefully we're going to redo the website but okay. it's uh, mymanahouse.com because we believe that the first time you come to Manor House, it becomes yours uh, because it belongs to the community and uh, they can go on there and look if they live in the outlying areas, they can email me and I can tell them where the harvest location, Ryland Pike, Lacey Springs, Inner City, where Hobbs Island, all those are so they can, you know, get connected there. Um, that's probably easier. Uh, if they want to work at Manor House, they just show up. We're there Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays from 2 to 7 and then on Saturdays, 11 to 1. And you say, are you really only there then? No, we unload trucks in the morning, but we can only let certain people in when we're doing that. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays, 2 to 7. Saturday's 11 one. We do church every Saturday. And um, so it's uh, different churches come. And I know some of y'all's churches have come and done the music, the message, and the meal. Uh, this is how I spot a lot of homeless families. They're living out of their car and sure. I want to help them. I'm not trying to take their kids. I'm just trying to help them. And so we have church. We minister to their soul. We feed their body. But then we find out, well, hey, what, why are you there? And in fact, one of our homeless moms just um, who was coming to church actually just got a job at a local church. She's super excited. And she's actually still helping us with outdoor church because that's what connected her to us to even get the help she needed. Um, she'd never been homeless. Um, tough situation, but things happen that people don't plan. And, um, and then our hydroponic garden operates Monday through Friday from, we were there earlier than this, but we say volunteers from nine to four. And then on Thursdays, we have a segment from five to seven. And that's for people who work and can't come during the week. We need your help. So five to seven. And then the second and fourth Saturday, we're also there nine to noon. Eventually, we'd like to go every Saturday. But right now, we don't have volunteer help. So we, um, we're we limiting to the two. That's kind of our mantra at Manor House. You start here and then you expand. And so we would love to have volunteers. Um, and we'd love to have people who have any kind of a knowledge of gardening to come out, especially to the garden. Because... That's a tremendous help to the whole community in sure. uh, growing food. That location, I, I mean, we, you said it before, tell the folks where you're located over there on um, the parkway, correct? I am. I'm right next door to Life Church and behind the Emergency Animal Clinic, kind of behind Stand Up Life Comedy. I mean, Mr. Webb's old warehouse, if you're from Huntsville, uh, it's a two-story light tan metal building. And uh, Research Genetics had bought it, and they did a phenomenal job. They gave me all the plugs I needed, all the electrical, everything <laughs> for art. We love that Research Genetics did what they did. Thanks for 
Jim Hudson and his brilliant mind to create that. We didn't know it was going to be for food one day. <laughs> so that's how you have all the walk-in coolers and freezers because that's where he had all his genetic material stored. It's awesome. Wow. And uh, it's prepared for us, we believe. <laughs> and, you know, so it's easy to get to. Well, Miss Fran, I, you, I appreciate, I said this earlier, but I appreciate that you let God speak to you. Not only speak to you, but I appreciate that you took steps that followed his leading. Because so many of us as followers of Jesus, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've heard his voice before and, and not taken the steps that I've been called to. And I, I'm sure we, we, all, we sure. all get in this, but part of what we want to do in this podcast is to bring stories of people who are taking action. People don't have it necessarily together. Um, and, and on down the road, we've got all kind of different things planned. But right now, we want to bring those stories to light of, uh, of people who heard the calling of Jesus and moved. They didn't know where, which way they were moving. They were just being led, and they were moving into the community. And, it, and I, I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate that you're, you're willing to do that. And I know that you know, our, our main goal is, is getting, getting these people moving get them off the couch. Hey, I, I want to, I kind of want to do this thing, you know, we'll do it. It's like you said, there is no idea that, you know, that you're a faithful person. It's like, I heard this, let's do it. It doesn't really matter. If it fails, it fails. Let's go. And, and I love that. And I, I just, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate uh, you being willing to sit down with us. I know you're a busy lady. I know that you got a lot on your plate. Uh, but I know that because, because of God, I know you can handle it because he's using you in great ways. Amen. So thank you so much for, for joining with us on this, but even more so, thank you what you're, for what you're doing for our community. Yeah. And I, I hope that when people listen to this, they go, I can do that. You know, I, 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 can, I know this person, I can do that. And it fires them up and it gets them moving. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part. I'm very excited what you're doing. If we can help one person jump out there and start doing something more for Christ, that's what really matters. And our Amen. right now, our world needs that. They just yeah. our world needs Jesus. So thank you so much. I'm so blessed to have been invited today. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Fran. Appreciate you, Miss Fran. I, I I just I want to pray and thank thank God for His leading. If if that's okay, let's let's pray again. Yeah. God, we, we thank you again. We thank you and we know that you're at work. We're thankful for Fran. We're thankful for the blessing she is to, to your people because uh, we're all your people. But we're so thankful that she listened to your voice, listened to your calling, and took a step. And I pray for all those callings that for every ear that's hearing this podcast right now, including mine, that we take a step um, when we hear your calling. When you put that burden, when you put your spirit into our hearts and we feel that burden that, that we follow because that's you leading us. Yeah. Um, so, Father, we're just we're thankful for your blessings. We're thankful for your work. And, Father, we just uh, we pray that your blessings over Manna House and everything that it touches as it continues to affect our community for you. Uh, we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Fran. Thank Thanks you. for joining us today, Miss Fran. I think that's all we have, um, but I, I do. I, I can't tell you enough. Thank you for what you do, and just you know, I, I think I've said it over and over. But um, you're a blessing. Well, 
thank you. I just feel like one small part. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening today. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experiences of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experiences of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings. <music>